1974, the first tabletop role-playing game was created. Since then, people from all around have gathered to play. Join me as we talk with RPG enthusiasts while they share their best, worst, and favorite moments. This is You Had to Be There. Hey everyone, welcome to You Had to Be There, a D&D storytelling podcast where we talk with tabletop RPGs players and we share fun and awesome stories. Uh, if you're watching the live stream here, you're like, why does Tom have a bunch of uh, stuff on his couch? Well, it's because I have a wedding coming up and those are all my stuff and I'm a human being and I live in an apartment. So, uh, but we're going to get right to it. Um, today, this, my guest I have today is really, it's going to be really awesome. I have uh, Dylan from Stuffed Rock Studio. He is a uh, a writer for a comic book, and he also plays tabletop role-playing games. What's going on, Dylan? How are you? Oh, I'm pretty good. Pretty good. It's uh, it's it's early for me, you know. <clears throat> I'm in Taiwan, but yeah. uh, it's a good day so far. You are you have now officially been the biggest time difference of recording my podcast thus far. I thought like it, they're just rolling through now. I think I have uh, I had a uh, someone from England now and i i think i might have someone from australia come it's getting crazy and uh, it's the I've worldwide. Learned, i'm learning so much about time zones and and it's scary because like literally a year ago uh you know my the show is officially turned uh about a year a little over a year old now and it was my first time experiencing time zones when i had my first guest that was only like a couple hour difference and then we were like we realized and i've learned ever since but um yeah so you uh, you mentioned you've been in Taiwan for a while, um, but you work yeah. on this comic book. So let's let's just start by telling I read a few of the the I think one and two I read from your website. And uh, yeah. t- tell us about it. Tell us about the what it is, the inspiration. I really enjoyed it. I really did. So I, I get my inspiration from all over. But the main thing that really inspired me to make this comic in particular <laughs> the way it is now is uh my one and only one to twenty D and D campaign. Uh, that uh, all right? Yeah, yeah. Coffee unicorn. Start to finish. Holy, mo- yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. That's we amazing. Coffee unicorn. Yeah, and um, you know, Mara is uh, the character that is is inspired uh, by primarily by Daphne Keene's performance in Logan. The okay. uh, when, yeah, when she's when she first comes out, that first fight scene, you know, I'm watching that in the theater, and that just took root in my mind immediately. Yeah, I I really enjoy the the like unassuming badass character, like the just like like one of my favorite characters that I made was like a a little a, a 14 year old halfling wild magic sorcerer. So it was like this tiny little boy, you know two feet tall with just destruction and it was all like accidental destruction like not even so immediately i love the 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 book the the comic book i love the the start of the story which like not to give too much away it seems like it's it's heavily rooted in in this this girl who's inherently not really a barbarian at first and then is kind of uh i don't know if it's is it you would obviously know better, but kind of like taken over by this kind of vengeful 
spirit in a sense? Oh, um, it, it does. There is a bit of a takeover. So it's not quite uh, spirit possession, right. as you, yes. you might think of it that way. Uh, but, you know, when she gets into combat, when she rages, as yes. the barbarians yeah. do, she channels this spirit. That's where she gets her power from, right? And, um, you know, otherwise she would just be a kid. I mean, she's eight, you know. Yeah. You, you, at that age, you're not picking up a weapon that big. Right, yeah. You and know? I love that and too. In, the... in fact, it's an anime weapon. So uh, you've you've probably seen YouTubers recreate anime weapons and then give them to bodybuilders, and the bodybuilders are like, "No, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah." I love that. Strongman competition guys are like, "Okay, I can kind of lift it, but I'm not, you know, I'm not using this as a weapon." Yeah, I definitely I loved like, and again, these are no spoilers. Like, if you you know you're in the first two, like it, it's in like the first book essentially. Uh, yeah. Like just the fact that she's just like, oh, I'll just carry this weapon and picks up this ginormous axe and like and like the folks that she meets are just dumbfounded. And I I enjoyed that uh, a lot. Um, I also really liked the I know who does the artwork now. So you do the writing and who does the writing. Rosie Wu is the illustrator. Rosie Wu. Well, shout out to Rosie, because like I loved how also like the artwork is so like kind of cutesy at first. And then like two pages in, it's so violent. And I'm like, Oh "Oh my God. Like it kind of reminded me like the level of like the slicing and everything with the, um, kind of reminded me a bit of the, what was it? The Castlevania anime a little bit, like how, like just the, the way that the blood would like when in the artwork that he did, it was like so cool. So I really like the, this like this innocence and this brutality like thrown into into one and I, I can't wait to read more but so you said though that this was based off of also a little bit of a campaign from one to 20 yeah yeah obviously i had to dramatize it somewhat i mean right. uh you know you uh you get some moments in D that really don't translate to a story directly you know yeah. sometimes you sometimes you fail a save and things snowball from there and that's all she wrote right yeah and it's just not the best story <laughs> no no so yeah so so you kind of have to massage it a little bit to get sure. it where it needs to be and chapter one is effectively her backstory you know it's before yeah. she meets the uh, party so um basically what i'm saying is that's the new standard for how you have to write your backstories you gotta hire an illustrator and make a comic book that's Sorry, those are the rules now, you know. <laughs> I like visuals, so like anytime I can't draw to save my life, but like I I think I mentioned this on the last episode, like when I make a new character, I don't order it because I don't need to, but I will go to like one of those character generating sites where you can order your own minis and I'll just create it just cuz I like right, I right. like to have that visual. It helps me like also like feel the character a little more to be able to Of course. to do that. You know, uh my current group um introduced me to using slideshows for uh backstory and you know between session storytelling and i had never done that before but uh i really took to it like a fish to water right and it is a bit like a primitive comic book when you do it that way you know you find art that 
uh, matches what you're trying to talk about. And you're going to have more exposition, of course, but um, it is a bit like a primitive comic book, though. That's part of how I uh, connected the dots and finally got into doing comics after reading comics my entire life. Right, yeah. Uh, I like I like that that like slideshow so you can just kind of like early life midlife yeah. before they met the party and like kind of really lay it all out. I think that's like a great tool for especially I guess if you're connecting with your DM on like what because obviously you don't just throw that all out to the to everyone playing right away. I'm assuming. Well, it it that really depends on uh, it, it really depends on the campaign. You know, like, I run Shadowrun a lot. Oh, okay. And you really don't throw everything out to the party in Shadowrun, yeah. right? But um, in D&D, we're mostly, like, even things that are um, in-character secrets are mostly out-of-character knowledge. Oh, okay. You know? I, and uh, I, I trust most of the people I play with to uh, to handle it appropriately. Yeah, yeah. You know? that's, that's good. I mean, I think with experienced players, you can get away with that. I know, like, yeah. for me at least, and I've seen, like, other, like, newer players... You know, they sit down and you're like, describe your character. And then they're just like, well, he was born this day. And then like, you know, three paragraphs later, like, Ooh. okay, well, what do they look like? And, you know, it's it's not a big deal. You know, people learn and stuff. But I yeah. I, I still think that's a great idea. I, I mean, I've, I've seen people who have been playing for a while who can't uh, describe their character, you know. Yeah. They'll, they'll come into the party and the GM will say, you know, tell us about your character. Yeah. And um, I'm actually going to quote one verbatim here. Uh, he said, I'm just standing there in a white robe. <laughs> I actually love that. <laughs> I just I love it. Like, like, okay, so I'm just picturing you right now, but in, you're just, in yeah. a white robe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that works for a lot of people. Like, I, I ran a game for one of my friends. It was his first time. It was like, what's your character looking? He's like, well, looks like me in armor. I'm like, okay, perfect. But easy. Yeah, I, I've actually uh, played myself in a game, but it was uh, in Fate. You know, because fate has a lot more, uh, uh-huh. I guess I would say, open character creation. You know, you can basically sure. be whatever you want and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't break the rule set. Right? Yeah, I actually so I play like, myself yeah. in a in a uh, well, I, I pop in and out. My one friend runs a campaign right. where essentially the story is and I'll have him on eventually. But like long, like the quick story is he is the group of them were walking out of work and they get hit by a truck. And they die, but they appear in a new world. And so I come in as a guest character and I happen to end up dying the same day. So it's us, but we get transferred into this world after we die and we get powers. Like we get one of them's a yeah, barbarian, the, uh, one of them's a... Uh, yeah, uh, so that's, it's, that's a, that's it's a fun. cool idea. And it's the, dangerous uh, too, because like I know how to role play myself more than anyone else. So like I'm a, I'm a menace in it. So and it's funny. Uh, but the, it's uh, interesting... the, the isekai uh, genre really lends itself to that sort of play. Uh, what we did was what he's doing. Yeah, what, what we did was um, it was just, you know, it was our current world and our buddy was moving away. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was moving to Japan. So. We we made the campaign that um, because of global events and and eldritch happenings, there were border lockdowns, and uh, we had to we had to get this guy to Japan. That was the that was the campaign. Right. Okay. Oh, so you okay? <laughs> so it was That's like fun. the real world, but warped a little bit. You know. <laughs> very very cool. Um, 
So I want to hear a little bit more about this character that you based, like this campaign that you based this comic book off. So were you you were playing a barbarian? I'm assuming in this. Yeah, one? Um, I, I I was playing a barbarian. Um, is uh, of course the animal totem barbarian. Okay. You know? um, a mix of bear and wolf. Nice. Because people seem to people sometimes forget you can actually mix those. All right, you you don't have to take take the same animal every time. Right. Okay. Um, I haven't played that the, subclass, so so the, I don't uh, know to talk the, about it. The bear is widely regarded as being overpowered, um, but it has it, it has a few uh, overpowered things like the damage resistance is pretty overpowered. It's the only one that gets all the damage resistance. But uh, some of the other things, like you double your carry weight, because that comes up a lot. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's with the bear. Yeah, the bear. Okay, yeah. But the uh, the wolf is more uh, thematically appropriate for the character in general, just um, because uh, well, it lends itself to party combat, right? You don't. You hear about uh, edgy teenagers calling themselves lone wolves on the internet all the time, but if you actually do your research into wolves, you don't want to be a lone wolf. No. A lone <laughs> wolf has to find a new pack or die in pretty short order, and that's, that's just how wolves are, you know? Yeah, it's, it's not a good thing. So, yeah, so that's what, I, that's what I did with this character. I was like, okay, well, this, this character is taking on aspects of the wolf because of the wolf spirit giving her her powers. So what would a wolf do in this situation? Right. You know, is, is a, is a lone wolf a real thing? And when I do my research, I find, no, you find a new pack. So right. that's what she's doing. She's finding a new pack. Right. Yeah. No, it's, it all makes sense. Like from a animalistic, from like nature perspective of what you would do. So, yeah. Yeah, and her uh, her new party, you know, her new pack, they're not uh, they're not totally trusting of each other and of her because I mean they just met a few minutes ago and uh, they're sticking together because they kind of have to. Right. Know, it's not like a it's not like a Final Fantasy situation. Hey, I just met you and I'm gonna dedicate my life to uh, your quest. No, it's like hey, we're stuck in this place and. Yeah. We all want to live, so, you know, let's stick together. Yeah, that makes it more real, for sure. And you, and absolutely, if I found a, a girl stranded and she picked up a giant axe, I wouldn't trust her right away either. So, like, that makes total sense. Um, so, in your when you played this character, was it also, like, a small young girl, or was it... Yeah. Yeah? Wow. So, it's yeah. like, really just... That's, like, uh, I feel like that's the dream for a lot of times when you play D D, you're like i would love this to be oh this should be like a movie or something so it's it's cool that you were able to take that and uh i'm sure we're gonna find out so much more uh, you know the comic people book tell me all the time oh i i wish i could i could do a comic of my uh campaign i've always wanted to do a comic of my campaign well you know i'm doing it yeah. you can do it you know i'm not some super genius in his lab making making comics i'm just a guy with a script who hired an artist you know yeah for sure and that's that's what you do you that's creative outlets and that's you know very few people no one was very few people were like born into creative like you don't just 
wake up one day and you're like, I'm going to make a comic book. Like you need, you were a normal person first. So, uh, do you usually play like barbarians? Is that like your style or have you? No, actually that's not my style at all. What happened was the GM was telling us, this is a low magic campaign. And And I'm thinking, well, you know, I've always wanted to, uh, to try a barbarian i've never tried it before i always play charisma casters you yeah. know your sorcerers your warlocks your paladin that, that's my jam right and um i uh was like well if we're not uh, having a whole lot of magic then i don't want to be a magic user because that paints a target on your back you know he he said you i'm not going to stop you from making a caster you just have to be careful who you the show off to kind of very um uh like i don't know if you've ever seen the show merlin yeah it's yeah. like a british show yeah we're like the whole you know that that one city was like no magic if we catch you doing magic it's gonna be really bad and yeah it's it makes sense yeah and so i picked a barbarian and um man it's uh they're strong right off the bat you know a lot of uh a lot of characters have some ramp up time. There is no ramp up time with a barbarian, yeah. especially you're playing a variant human and you take great weapon master. You're doing you're doing one d twelve plus fifteen at level one. Yeah, what do you do? <laughs> hey, what do you even 15? do with that? Well, you get the extra plus ten from Great Weapon Master, right? And oh, then oh you Great have, Weapon Master, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, and then yes. you have sixteen strength and plus Wait, two I from thought... rage. Hold on, I'm trying. Oh yeah, Great Weapon Master. I was thinking of Great Weapon Fighting, which is you reroll. Yeah, one, it's, so I was like, it's an unfortunate yeah, Master, uh, yeah. name because we have two things so many that are things, very yeah. close. Yeah, yeah, but it's essentially it's the same as Sharpshooter, but for that yeah. where you minus the five, but you add the yeah, crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah. You're like, it's like overkill <laughs> like on these yeah. tiny little goblins or kobolds you're probably fighting. Oh, yeah. Um, we, we had we had zombies, like the regular CR one quarter zombies, you know? Yeah. Zombies are kind of fun just, to fight, though. They're I fun. Like you the know? undead fortitude kind of thing. Always like, it's so funny. Oh, yeah. Just be like, still up. Damn it. Still <laughs> like, up. Especially like, you get like three attacks and you're just like slice up slice up slice up you're like god damn it <laughs> stay down <laughs> um so then when you you played through this long campaign so it's funny because you it's it wasn't your main thing but it was the character that you played the longest at any point in time did yeah. you like want to take what you like man this is actually not my thing but you stuck to it or did you actually like fully enjoy no, it i was I, at, at some point i felt bad for the party and the gm uh-huh. Because um, it was li- like the way I was playing this character, I was not expecting to survive that long. You know, like I was I was playing a low wisdom character right. and I was playing it as a low wisdom character. Yeah. And um, it just the GM couldn't put me down, so you know, and uh, he couldn't. um he couldn't do anything that would challenge me without outstripping the party and martial strength. And um, part of it was that he, he wasn't the most experienced GM. Mm-hmm. Like uh, if, if you get an experienced GM, they'll throw will save or uh, sorry, 
No, it's I'm fine. thinking I of a it. different edition. No, it's fine. I know. Like, <laughs> They'll we'll throw wisdom saves, saves at you. Saves, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. he didn't do that very often, uh, you know, just because he hadn't run a whole lot. And that made me feel even worse about it. Like, oh, no, I'm bullying this new GM. I yeah, just wanted to just... try the Barbarian. <laughs> I, I I think that's like a lot of people will like, I've you know, some people would complain like, ah, oh, this motherfucker's got a, you know, such a high AC. I'm like, so just charisma save him and take that and use it yeah. against the party just do it like yep. just you can do that and it it gets you know what's even scarier than a barbarian with a you know an 18 armor class a barbarian with an 18 armor class that's fighting his friends or their friends yeah. or whatever they, like it can get real bad that's like yeah use it use that take it crown, like crown the, of madness like, is uh is yeah is a things like code. that yeah it's just any of that stuff i'm uh yeah I love those those like those control magic spells are very scary very very scary um nice so then like after you play this for a long time how long ago was this when you say because i know you've been playing for how long you've been playing for tabletop uh, games? i i've been playing tabletop games for about ooh, oh man i'm old uh, about <laughs> 25 years i've been oh, playing tabletop oh, games my. i had to think about it i was like no that number can't be right but it is five years that's hardcore that's great though yeah my first uh my first game was the um it's the red box you know the starter the set box, second yeah. edition it was older than i am it's uh it's from 76 i believe and um it's also my first character death was the solo they have like a solo practice campaign and they give you a fighter <laughs> and at one point there's a snake and it, if it bites you you have to do a, a save, and because it's second edition, it's save or die. <laughs> it's save what? Save or die. Save or die. That's like literally save or the... die. so. Yeah. So you open up this box, and or so how? Do, who got you the box? Because you said it was like older than you were. Did you just find yeah, it? I, I got it at a at a yard sale. What happened okay. was, uh, yeah, you know, there was a yard sale, and they had uh, they had three boxes. They had that one. They had um, uh, AD and D. 2e okay and um they had top secret si top secret si is one uh, yeah a lot of people haven't heard of it and it uh it it is it's a spy yeah it's top (laughs) secret Uh, it really shows its age there's there are there are hit locations on the body you know and wounds for each hit location and it gets ridiculous pretty quickly right yeah that would get it a little (sighs) exhausting That that's like where it does where I I I appreciate the the openness of of additions and games now to be able to describe what you wanted because like that would be annoying be like I don't know it yeah I hit him in the arm I don't know so wait it was a it was like a spy game though you said yeah it was a spy it was a spy game but it was a very James Bond mm, spy game okay. you know and um, so they had these three boxes there and. Uh, it was uh, it was ten bucks a box. Well, I had ten bucks, and I decided the uh, red box with the dragon looked the coolest. Right, so cool. I, I took that up, and uh, as as we're as we're leaving, you know, I'm in the in the back seat of my mom's car, and the 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 owner of the property came up with the other two boxes and said, you know, your son's the only one who showed any interest in any of these, so yeah. you should just take these. And like, well, that was oh, that was great for me. That's, <laughs> no, no, that's that makes sense. I feel like that's you know, 
if you're a young kid at a garage sale, I feel like that's that's how you get more of the free stuff. You're like, you know, I just just take the stuff, but nice. So you got these three boxes. So then yeah. there is so there's a I think I've heard about so it was like a solo adventure that you could just run by yourself. Right, right. And as you're running it through <laughs> So your first experience in D and D you died? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I learned I learned pretty quickly, you know, that hey, character death happens. Yeah. However much you love your character, and I wasn't super attached to this guy. They're just because they're just like this is your character, this is you now. I'm like, okay, I guess this is me now, you know. That's... But I wasn't super attached to that guy, and uh, I saw how easily they could die. Of course, you know, characters don't die quite that easily in uh, in Five E. But, yeah, uh, character yeah. death does happen. Yeah, you know? uh, I actually killed off a character by accident in uh, the game I'm running now. Yeah, uh, what what happened was see, I was I've been very liberal with challenge ratings because um, I gave the PCs a whole bunch of uh, crystals they could use for the for the materials to resurrect their buddies. Right. Oh, okay. So I was just like, well. They have all these materials. Who cares if I kill one or two of them? And then I uh, painted up this guy's mini, you know, because um, I'm I'm one of two mini painters in the party, right? Okay. Um, painted up this guy's mini, and the very next session he died. And I was just like, oh, you know, it's fine. You know, they'll pick you up. They have a minute to pick you up. And uh, and he turned around and said, No, I feel like um, if your character dies, it dies. I was like, no, I just painted. I just painted your mini. What are you doing? I got to paint a new one. <laughs> so did he just he just let his character die? Yeah, he just let his character die. It was like, it, you know, because uh, in order to, for these spells to work, I think unless it's a wish spell, every resurrection spell in 5e requires a willing soul. I think that wish is the only exception. Yeah. Yeah, I think that no, that makes sense. I think I've heard that before too. Like you have to be willing. Actually, I don't know. I know that with like um, some of them they have to be willing. I didn't know if Revivify was or not. Oh, the 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 one the the one in combat. (laughs) uh, Well, I mean, it's I I can't force him to keep playing that character. For sure. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, they uh, they did the spell, and Claire is just like he didn't want to come back. Okay. They do this value. Yeah, he changes. That's hilarious. <laughs> he didn't want to come back. The, not, the ambush no wasn't thanks. even for that character. That's the funny part. Like uh, an NPC set them up, right? He was trying to kill. Okay. She, she was trying to get uh, the ranger killed, and the rogue got killed instead. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. They just <laughs> just picture the cleric like, oh, I'm like, like you did the spell. Like, yeah, I guess he just. Didn't want to come back. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh man, uh, how long have you been running that game for? So this is and is this a so I'm assuming because you have minis, this is an in person game you get to do. You yeah, this is this is an in person game. Uh, Taiwan, you know, we uh, we've we've handled COVID pretty well. I've heard. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, there's there's been a spike recently. Mm-hmm. But the spike recently means we have 500 cases in the whole country. Yeah. So that's, that's crazy. Know, I mean, relative to how it's been, yeah. 
it's really, really bad right now. But relative to the rest of the world, we're doing pretty well. No, that's that's great to hear. I mean, look, you know, numbers are going up and down. It's crazy. Actually, I don't even think people. <laughs> I after last week's episode, I recorded an episode last week. I was sick and I tested myself and I had COVID like all day. Ooh. And I was like, I worked the whole day and I recorded my episode. I'm stupid. I'm just like, but so if I was a little, anyone who listens to the last episode, if I seemed a little out of it, it's because I had COVID um, much better now, but, yeah. um, but you got to play of, in person. One of our guys actually has COVID, but he didn't get it in Taiwan. He's, um, he travels for work, you know, oh, he, yeah. uh, travels tough. He, he's a, he's a, he works for a game publisher. He was at a game show in the U.S. and uh, he he came back and tested positive. Yeah, and you come back and test positive in Taiwan, they throw you in quarantine. Right. You yeah. know, like he he was he's in full lockdown right now. So, no, so, no, so uh, he no had D&D to stream for a bit. Oh, he streamed yeah. in. Wait, okay, cool. He streamed it, but you know, he he never had any symptoms. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> um. But uh, all right, that's good though. I w- I was kind of curious, like, what's the um, what's the like tabletop RPG scene community like in Taiwan? Is it is it big over there, or did you have well, to like if dig you, to find uh, people? If you want to play D anD D, you're yeah. going to be playing with foreigners. Um, Got it. D anD D isn't big among the locals here. If Got you it. want to play a dice and paper game in Chinese, there are ones uh, about the Three Kingdoms. And they are really cool. Yeah. Like, um, you know, they if if you like the 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 brothers, the three brothers kingdoms, if you like those dramas, if you like the the games about them, then you would love these because it's absolutely high flying magic kung fu oh, giant army cool. games. It it's really cool. Sounds it like really a mix is. between like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it. I mean, Dynasty Warriors is a very good comparison. Yeah. You know, if you want, if you want to be the guy with a pole arm slicing through a giant army, then that that's your scene. That's cool. That sounds awesome. Um, nice. So, in in this game that you're running, uh, so it's all more local people. Um, what else? What other fun, unless you have some other fun stories from other games, but uh, I'm still just, I, I love your players already just because how just like uh, this uh, uh, you, you'd are. like you, you'd like this uh, campaign in particular then from start to finish. I, I mean, I won't uh, I won't talk your ear off for three hours about the campaign, but um, the, uh, the the way we started off was uh, they are in an adventurer's guild that mm-hmm. is not doing so well. You know, the country's dying. It's been cut off from trade for a while now. Nobody really knows why. And it's the economy has just been getting worse and worse. The Adventurer's Guild used to be prosperous, but now there's just nothing to do. Uh, anybody who goes out doesn't come back. And no scouts have even come back, right? So mm. these are This is like the last bastion of the resistance. And the guild master tells them, hey, you need to do something or everybody in this country is done for, you know, everybody who uh, is relying on trade is going to starve and I can't give you any money. There's no coffers, you know, mm-hmm. what I can do is I can tell you there is a, uh, there are these twin cities to the north, uh, a living city and a necropolis nearby. The living city 
is fabulously wealthy because their economy is adventurer-based. They pay adventurers to get undead trophies from the Necropolis. And since that attracts adventurers, that attracts a huge marketplace. And it's really a thriving economy. But you got to get there. And in order to get there, you have to solve whatever problem is cutting us off. Right. So I made these guys start at level three with no money. I told them you can uh, you can spend all your starting gold on items. That's fine. As long as you have zero copper in your pocket. Got it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So they had to they had to deal with a fair folk invasion. It was. Um, I'm sorry. One more time. A fair folk invasion. Oh, okay. Yeah, the the Fey, uh basically had cut everyone off, and um, just walking through their zone, you would slowly turn into crystal, Ooh. and that's why nobody had made it because, you know, as, as you're traveling through, you are you are slowing down. You're dying. Eventually, you just get paralyzed and fall over. I was going to say, um, we're like, we're, is it kind of like people like frozen in a tundra, like, but crystals, like where there's just bodies of people that yeah. are crystallized? Even the trees, you know, messenger that's, bird. That's ominous. I love that. That's so cool. Yeah. And they, they eventually, uh, they eventually figured it out, uh, how to pass through, you know? Okay. They, um, the, because we're in the middle of the pandemic, you know, uh, one of the players, the wizard, was like, ah, can I, like, wrap something around my face for a mask, some cloth or something? I'm like, yeah, that'll, you know, that'll give you advantage on your con save because you're not breathing in. And what he found with Detect Magic was that the air had all these little crystal shards in it. So you're breathing it in all day and it's jabbing you in the lungs, right? Got it. Wow. They were... They started doing, you know, all this uh, this routine before they went to sleep every night. Before b- before you go to sleep, you stand out here. Uh, the the priest is gonna cast conjure water <laughs> over your right. head. It was it was a whole routine, and uh, they eventually made it through. Um, they found the the mirage dragon that was causing the problem. And as players do, they took care of him. Yeah. And before before they fought him, they pretended they were going to negotiate with him. He said, "You know, there's a bigger threat. There's a there's a demon threat trying to horn in on my territory. Why don't you go deal with them instead?" They're like, "Don't mind if I do, but first. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That was the dragon that tried to convince them. Was like, "Oh, bigger threat. Oh, yeah." I don't know the the crystallizing humans as they walk or people things as they walk through is pretty big threat. Um, that's clever though. I like that the the thing we we were in a campaign where we were getting like we were making con saves based off like mosquitoes. Like it was very ironically, yeah. Where so we we're like, oh wait, can we like wrap ourselves and then? Uh, so we were getting that, but the artificer like he was an armorer, so he just had his arm like his activated his armor on the whole time, so he was completely safe while we were slowly getting cursed uh which was really annoying you know but that happens i love that though that that the cleverness and the the you know creative thinking of of players amazes me um which is why kind of to go back a little bit what you're saying with like the deaths and stuff is like one thing i've learned especially i mean i haven't played older editions but like players are pretty damn powerful and usually can handle 
like things way over. Like my DM's starting to get a little. Oh, I mean, it's fun, but it but it's getting scary now because it's like, oh man, I can like really throw some shit at you, and you guys can pretty much handle it. And then when we can't handle it, we run away. <laughs> like we run because we're we don't want to die. But like, yeah, they really are pretty powerful. So, um, so then they dealt with the dragon and uh, got all that cleared up. So then that was to get more zombie stuff like because they have to get the zombies or was this like a separate well this was just to get out of their home country oh like they were they were cut off if you like you want to pass through the border you're passing through this fair it's like weird okay that's cool yeah and uh clearing that up you know they of course they went to deal with the demons yeah uh afterwards and they found um they found a tunnel underground you know it was uh they're like, is are we playing descent into Avernus? I'm like, not quite, but I I like your uh, I like your moxie. Uh, I um I actually based uh, my vision of hell there off of this old um this old movie I saw in the '90s. I was a little kid, and I remember it was a Robin Williams movie, and he was going to find his wife. And he had to walk across this field of faces, of living human faces. And that's what I made them do. I, I found these, I found all these little tiles covered in human faces, and I 3D printed a whole bunch of oh, them. Oh, you build out like, like these, the maps? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Like, this is what you're walking across, and like... How's stealth working? Well, not very well because every time you take a step, one of the faces is like, ah. oh, that's so brutal. Oh, oh man, that's it. What I'm trying to think of that. I've never seen that movie before. Do you know? I'll uh, look it up later. What I, I don't remember what it's called anymore either. Clearly, uh, it, it left yeah. an impression on it you. It left though. an impression on me. Yeah, yeah that's for sure. sure. Uh, oh, uh, they they finally get to the end of this. Uh, tunnel you know and they go through all of these horrific things and some funny things you know i had a had an imp engineer it was he crafted this motorcycle that was a giant flaming axe he had a seat built onto the handle of the axe and he would just steer it through the area of course tearing up the ground okay. as it passed because it's a giant axe uh it was powered solely by magic there were no wheels or anything you know right. and so he's just riding was, an axe yeah. like a like yeah a he was unicycle. just riding an axe <laughs> and he was trying to run over the players with it you know that that was that encounter and the rogue jumped on and um had his sending stone and he was getting instructions from the wizard on how to sabotage this thing how big wait how so was did. it big enough where he was like on it and the guy didn't realize or the the uh, the guy realized but he wasn't really much of a fighter you know he was just got trying it. to shake him off got it oh okay so he was like kind of wrestling with them a little bit and while the, yeah. the rogue was getting messages or something from the from yeah. the wizard to so was yeah. he able to like dismantle it he 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 uh he made it blow up <laughs> nice <laughs> jumped off at the last second yeah. like freaking yeah very yeah. uh like star warsy or that's i love that it's so awesome when you get to like pull a move that's like straight out of an action movie that's so fun uh 
love to hear that stuff. Um, I want to hear one more story. I want to hear about like because you said you're you love uh, charisma based casters and stuff like that. So whether it was uh, you know a week ago or twenty five years ago, I want to hear like one more uh, one more cool story. But I want to hear about one of your one of your charisma casters. All right, one of my charisma casters is probably. No, definitely the most evil character I've ever played. All right, cool. Good. It was a it was a drow noble warlock. Okay. So it really got the trifecta going there. Right? Wow. Yeah. I can feel Varys the like, arrogance and like yeah. the... <laughs> he, oh, very arrogant. Oh, and he was like insufferable. He, he, didn't, he didn't even weigh a hundred pounds. You know, yeah. it was it, drow or at least the drow I was playing was tiny. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Yeah, he was he was a small dude and uh, we rolled our stats. Okay. You know? Um and I ended up with four strength. <laughs> a little scrawny boy. A little scrawny boy. Yeah. And he um he was beholden to Malcanthit, Queen of Succubi. And the story for his character goes that a long time ago his great 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 grandfather wasn't a fan of the matriarchal system uh, that Drow had. You know, he didn't have any prospects as a as a guy underground, so he wanted to rise above the surface. But he didn't want to just go be a dirt farmer somewhere on the surface either. That wasn't good enough. He made a deal with Malcanthit saying. Uh, my entire lineage belongs to you Ooh. if you lift us up. So they are a fabulously wealthy drow, surface drow family of nobles, but every child born to that family and everyone who marries into that family belongs to Malcanthit. Okay. Deep ties to sounds like not the best god or goddess uh, and uh, she yeah. she she's awful she's awful yeah. <laughs> because the elves trance instead of dream right and she owns that as well got it because suc- every like, now and she then said she's the queen of succubuses or succubi yeah yeah so like that's kind of when they thrive right when you're like kind of in a daze and yeah drifting off wow every, right. every now and then you're going to have you're going to have to do something for them and sometimes it's going to be something that doesn't seem like much, you know, uh, leave a note here, carve a symbol there, but just with the same, uh, with the same level of concern as you would say, can you pass the salt? She would ask you to kill someone mm-hmm. and you would do it. Jeez. And that's the kind of guy he was. Uh, he, he was the kind of guy who didn't have much of a problem with this arrangement. And if you asked him, he says, well, I've already been paid for a job. <laughs> that was it? It was just like, I've yeah. got it. I've already been paid for a job. Yeah. Wow. You know, uh, we all get what we deserve, but some of us have to take it. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So when you say he was the most evil, what was like the most evil thing he did? 
we we uh, had just beaten these bandits in combat, um, and for some reason they knew where we were and they planned an ambush. So one of them surrendered, and uh, one of the larger party members was dangling him by the ankle over a ledge, right? And while I was interrogating him, and we were trying to find out who uh, who sent them. Right? So once we get the information, I said, "Okay." Drop him. Just that you know. Uh, obviously, you kill people in D anD D. That that happens. Yeah. But the uh, just the casual, you know, cavalier way of murder this person. You got what you needed. Yeah, you got yeah. what you needed. No reason to keep him alive anymore. And he did. He just listened to you and just... yeah, just listened to me. Yeah. This, uh, it was a kind of a naive character, you know, the, the, the big guy was a naive character and, um, I came this close to getting another party member to kill him. Oh you know? yeah. That was, that was kind of, that was kind of my goal. Your goal was, was like, to kind I, of like... I really want to, I really want to push this party so hard that one of them finally says enough is enough. Right. And I'm, and I'm taking your head. I couldn't quite pull it off. They still put up with you the whole time? They still put up with me the whole ah, time. Ah, almost. There, almost. there were threats. You know, a sword was drawn at one point. And, and like, um, I am uh, I'm sitting there trying my best to keep a straight face. And I'm like, come on, come on, do it, do it, do it, do it, do yeah, it. Yeah. But I couldn't quite get him to do it. Because I, think, I thought that would have been the best way for him to go. Yeah. It's Hashtag just, goals. It, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Of all of all the horrible things I made this party go through, right? I dragged them through the mud, and that's one thing he he liked to say. Sometimes the shortest distance between two points is through the mud. It's true. That is that is uh, true. Sometimes that's bad too. When the evil character ma- says something, and you're like, "Oh, that's uh, unfortunately accurate." Yeah. <laughs> well, you know the. Um, I don't know how much into the uh, expanded universe you are with Star Wars, but um, a bit. in uh, yeah, in one of the uh, old Republic settings, okay. um, one thing that was said that I've kept in mind a lot was uh, the worst thing a Sith can do is tell the truth, because that means there's no lie they could say that would be more damaging. Hmm. That makes sense for 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 a Sith. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's dark. <laughs> yep. Well, that's uh an interesting way, but we're going <laughs> to wrap that up with these these dark characters. This was a lot of fun, man. I I really enjoyed talking to you. Um I again, I I really think I think the comic book is great. So, um let's uh I'm going to pass it over to you to um plug whatever you're going to do tell people where they can find you where they can find the comic book and uh definitely we'll link up after send me any links and stuff to go along with it but go ahead sure sure uh you can find the comic at mara-comic.com and you can read it for free there uh we do have a patreon not required uh you do get some cool stuff like early access and high quality pages and we are going to print as well we're going to print with a Kickstarter that we're launching on May 27th. 
That's awesome. Got uh, some cool stuff in there. Besides the comic, of course, uh, got a Mara Mini. I got a I got a sculptor to make a Mara Mini. Uh, uh, yeah. Always wanted one. Now I got one. And you can get one too. <laughs> nice. Awesome. And uh, it's it's at Stuff Rock Studio is kind of what you your uh... yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Stuffed Rock, one word. Stuffed Rock. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Um, cool. Uh, thanks everybody. Uh, I am Tom DeSillis. I'm the host of this show. I'm also a stand-up comedian, so be sure to follow me at Tom DeSillis Comedy on Instagram for my shows, and follow me on Twitter at T DeSillis Comedy. Uh, I tend to tweet out when uh, the shows we're going to be going live and stuff. Um, and you know what? If you've been enjoying the show, I, I always forget to do this, but like, hey, you know, drop a review. Like, I, you know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever you're using, uh, you know, it, it means a lot. I, I appreciate that kind of stuff. And if you want to um, be a guest on the show, you can email me at you had to be there, dndpodcast at gmail.com or shoot me a DM on Twitter. And even if you're not interested in being a guest, sometimes people reach out and, and it, it feels good. I appreciate it. Um, Got to drop my credits to uh, my intro. The music for my intro was created by Michael James McGarry. You can follow him on its MJ made on Instagram and SoundCloud. And my logo was created by Nicole Summers from the Reliably Chaotic podcast. And uh, that should pretty much wrap up today's episode um, thanks for listening, everybody. This has been You Had to Be There with Dylan from Stuff Rock Studio. Bye, everyone.